Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Ancient Wisdom of the Feminine. I'm Shristi Yadav, and I'm here today with Magdala Ramirez, who is a spiritual leader, teacher from the Maya Mexica tribe, and has been working with the feminine for more than 35 years. She's the author of more than 14 books about the feminine, as well as the founder of many ceremonies. She's also the director of our nonprofit, Sacred Woman. Our special guest today is from Slovenia, Anna Drevences. Anna comes from Slovenia where she opened the Red Tent. Through Red Tent, women are facilitating the rediscovery of ancient feminine roots. Anna started out as a dola, and now she is a voice channeling ancient wisdom on women's mysteries, healing traditions, shamanic tradition, and history of feminine energy. In her country, Slovenia, a lot of women are waking to their awakening to their inherent primordial feminine power. I want to welcome you all to our show. Hello, Mihita and Anna. How are you? This is Magdala. Hello, Magdala. And hola, Anna. I am Hello. so excited that you're here in the, our radio. So tell me, how how are you? How is the women in your country? Hello, Magdala. Thank you very much for having me in your show. Um, here in Slovenia, we uh, it's one in the morning, but um, I think there are a lot of women listening to our show because a lot of women are interested in the reawakening of feminine paths, feminine ways. Um, in our country, um, women are maybe even more silent than in other countries, even more, uh, less outspoken because of our specific history, like in uh, other countries that have been um, communist in one point uh, in history, uh, we are even more uh, efficiently taught to not ask questions, not speak out, uh, keep to ourselves. So um, people are even harder to start to open themselves and start the communication. Um, but this can also be a good thing because we are very introverted for this reason. We are feeling very deeply inside. We have strong emotional responses to what we encounter in the world. So when women here in our country get in touch with the with the feminine wisdom, with the old women's mysteries, they are even more touched by it, and they even desire they desire it even more, even harder. So once 
um, this um, once this resistance to speak is broken, once there is enough emotion accumulated, there is potential for a great transformation. And uh, each woman that I encounter in Red Tent that we can speak about later in our women's um, gathering, it's uh, it's so is so emotional, it's so full of emotion and you can see that she has so strong inner life that there is a lot happening in her even if she's silent and with a lot of women like this in a circle um, there is great potential for um, a transformation in our community ah, tell my sisters in your country that I send my blessings. This is so powerful and so beautiful that the emerging of the feminine is happening everywhere in the world. Tell me, you you are working with the red tent, and mm-hmm. um, moon time has been a big deal in many traditions everywhere in the world. The ways of the mother has been showing to us to really remove this idea that it was imposed on the women by the system, you know, that your moon time, it's a curse, the moon time, it's something bad. And and now the turning back into the feminine and for women to encounter their moon time as a sacred way to relate with their own femininity, it has been very powerful. Tell me how, how it is in your country about the moon time. In the yes, red tent. In the red tent, of course. Um, it's very interesting because um, a lot of women are awakening to the power of their menstrual cycle. So they are starting to understand how artificial ways to silence the cycle are also uh, silencing their inner life, their emotion, or their personal growth, um, but it's really interesting when we encounter in the red tent and when we share our stories about our moon time and especially about our first menstruation, first experience of menstruation so of Menarche, we all um, experience emotions of shame and the need to hide it, and we all got messages from our mothers or from our community that we should just, um, as, as soon as possible, get into this new routine and act as there is nothing special going on. So trying to hide the change and just act like, like everything is normal. So um, we all felt somewhere deep inside that this is very special, that this is something big, that we are women now, that um, we are changed, profoundly changed, but then um, there are emotions of shame, a lot of shame, and the need to hide it, and uh, very sad, actually, very sad, because at our experience of first maturation, we get the messages, unconscious messages from our community, what it is like to be a woman. So how does our community respect womanhood, women's body, women's 
natural, sexual, biological passages. And we all got the message that if it's something shameful, something that you have to hide, something that you shouldn't um, worry about, uh, something you shouldn't um, put the pressure on uh, on others. So keep it to yourself and... Um, when when we speak about this openly and when we relate consciously to our moon blood and not just our moon blood but the whole cycle the changes that the cycle brings because I think that a lot of uh, women only think about I mean we don't have we have to learn relearn to respect the whole menstrual cycle because cycle brings different changes. Uh, cyclically into our lives. So at ovulation, we are not just physically fertile, we are also emotionally, spiritually, creatively fertile. And at menstruation, we are not just bleeding uh, physically, we are also letting go of our old beliefs, of, uh, of the old patterns that have been limiting us in the previous cycle or in the previous cycles. So it is also a spiritual dynamic, a spiritual cycling. And we are just starting to awaken to this reality, to this cyclical reality through our menstrual cycles and just starting to discover the power of this cycle. And not just in terms of fertility, that we start to embrace our fertility and stop being afraid of it and stop avoiding it. But we're also awakening to this spiritual dynamic and women are so happy in our country when when they hear about that there is something more to menstrual cycle and they crave information on this topic so much. There is incredible interest in the old ways because they all feel that there is something more to it that has been um, hidden from there or from them or said that it's simple, like you said, a curse, um, but they don't know always where to look for information. Mm-hmm. Are you following the traditions, the old, old, old traditions of your people? Tell me about it. Yes, we, um, in this part of Europe, so we are Slav, Slavic nations. Um, like uh, Czechoslovak, uh, Russian, Serbian, we all have a common Slavic language and culture. And in the now majority of these Slavic nations are Christian. Uh, so their religion is Christianity. But previously, before the Slavs adopted Christianity, we had our own a shamanic, polytheistic, nature-based religions that are very similar to Celtic religion or other holistic religions connected to the earth worship all around the world. So we mm-hmm. had gods and goddesses and we had a lot of shamanic practices that are still uh, alive today in some parts um, but they are um, disguised maybe in Christian symbolics, but underneath you can see that it is 
an ancient tradition. For example, in Serbia, there is uh, a practice, a tradition that worships the goddess Jiva, which is Jiva uh, means alive in uh, in Slavic languages. So it is the goddess of 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 fertility, of abundance, of life generating force. And um, on the what is her name again, please? Jiva. Jiva. Okay. Jiva. Yes. Mm-hmm. On her. So tell me more. So the ceremonies of the feminine um, in Europe, in that part, are um, those people is remembering Ijia? Yes, they're um, they're dancing in order to enter a, a trance state. And once they enter a trance state, they fall on the ground and they have visions and trance experiences. Yeah, the, the priestess. Sorry? Mm, it's the priestess. The priestess were going into trance. Yes, but now And then have the visions. Mm? Yes, but nowadays uh, this tradition is still alive and women of the villages do it like common women on a certain day, on a holiday of Jiva. And uh, it's a women-only ritual. And um, the worship of the goddess is not alive anymore, but traditions of the goddess are alive. These guys may be in in Christian, in Christian, in symbolic. Like a lot, of, we have a lot of um, examples of worshiping Christian saints on of holidays that worship Christian saints, but in fact originate from previous Slavic shamanic worships. So these traditions, they are old, older than Christianity, but in some way like merge into using both. Is that what you're telling me? Um, it it. It became, I think, when, uh, people are still worshipping the old gods, but because it was dangerous to openly worship them and uh, to openly practice their ways, they had to disguise it into Christian form. So mm-hmm. to put a Christian, a, a Christian saint's name instead of a god or goddess's name to just close it into Christian symbolics and words so that uh, it looks like Christian worship, but in fact it is uh, old pagan worship. That's beautiful. Mm. Very beautiful. I am so thankful that um, your people in so many ways hold the ways of the feminine, even though that they needed to be in the heat and, and now it is the returning back mm-hmm. to to that encounter of the true human being. You know, the realm of God and goddesses. You know, the part of the feminine side of God that we are healing within ourselves as women. And yes, I understand um, this is how we are encountering first 
you know, our own womanhood, it is through that moon time. So, mm-hmm. um, I really think, you know, in my tribe, I'm Maya Mexica, mm-hmm. we also have the rituals of the feminine. In some mm-hmm. way, also, it is kind of mixed because it was dangerous to do it just mm-hmm. in the purity of the expression. So they needed to mix the ancestors to some kind of Christianity in order to survive those traditions. But at the same time, in the very, very core, it has that purity of the expression too. Mm-hmm. So tell me about it. Um, those women are are related in a in a very special way with their own womenhood in your tribe. Mm-hmm. And um, what is the message that you will say to the whole world? What it is that part of you as you encounter that feminine and see that healing happening in the women? How it has been in your community? that healing being seen in their families and their people. Tell me about it. Well, first, uh, the first part is um, always anger or very often anger when we encounter the, the truth about the repression of feminine energy, of womanhood. Mm-hmm. And then this anger shouldn't be um, there just for the sake of itself. It should be a catalyst for transformation. So I also see that it is very easy to get trapped in the anger and just stay there and then you actually develop a kind of feminist attitude, which is not the goal of our of our path, of our journey. We have to go beyond. So we go beyond and we use this anger to look for information. So then we start to search within uh, history and within our own inner feelings. It goes hand in hand when we read about or hear about or talk about the ancient ways. When we investigate our Slavic shamanic traditions, when we investigate our goddesses and their lords, we are at the same time experiencing on the inside the reawakening of this of this awareness of this power of the womanhood and so it is not just a historical learning like academic intellectual based in the mind but it is a parallel process that is at the same time awakening our inner memories uh, so it is like I hope that this will be once when the feminine is broadly accepted in the world, that this will be also a way of academic uh, investigation, because right now academic investigation is only uh, happening in the mind, only in the intellect. It is forgetting about the heart, about the soul, about the womb, about the inner mm-hmm. memories that are very rich and that are very rich source of information. So I I know some women. Um, I know a very, very fine woman, a woman that also told me about you and about your year. And she is an academic researcher. She researches um, old 
feminine ways and shamanic traditions and shamanic art. And she is at the same time reading books and reading articles and being very intellectual, but at the same time she led this process awaken memories in her and she uh, just has visions and um, inner experiences that either um, um, prove her intellectual findings or um, show that they're wrong. So she's using her intuition, her visions, her inner experiences hand in hand with her in academic research. I think she's a living example of awakening feminine in the academic field, for example, uh, which is how I see the new the new world, um, the coming world in just the academic sphere, for example, which is just one sphere. So how we will incorporate feminine ways in this in this way. So then. Um, a lot of women have um, problems when they start awakening to their power, when they, for example, start awakening to the powers of their moon time, and they suddenly realize that as they're bleeding, they need retreats, they need time for themselves and silence, and they don't want to talk to people, and they don't want to uh, interact, and they don't want social contact. And um, it is like a point of, of of a kind of test. So when we need to lovingly and compassionately understand that the society is not um, used to this, that we need to teach again society how to accept feminine ways, so that we are cyclically present and cyclically absent from society, that we are cyclically um, offered to society, open, uh, being out into the world, making contact, and cyclically retreating, going inside, and being absent, not being on demand, not being available. So those are, and we, we are starting to, teach society that for us women it is not only the mind, that it is more the heart and the womb that are the source of our thoughts, of our inspiration, of our communication, so that we are not, we don't communicate only with words, but also with emotion, also with silence when we're bleeding. Our absence is our communication. When we retreat into our home and into our souls as bleeding, we are communicating with the world. We are telling the world that life is cyclical and that each birth is followed by a death and each beginning is followed by an end. Everything in the world will have this destiny, will end sometimes. And we are teaching the society, the world, that this ancient feminine wisdom of cyclicality, that time is not linear, that progress, development is not linear, but comes in cycles, in circles. And we have a social responsibility when we are awakening to our inner wisdom and when we are starting to change our lives 
to uh, make them more suitable for our new feminine ways. We're actually transforming society. And this is sometimes a beautiful process of like a flowering. And sometimes we have to also teach, um, we have to learn not to be available. We're very used to this maternal role, to be mothers to everything and everyone, to always be available, to always be loving and nurturing and kind. And this is a huge pressure on women. And we have to learn to uh, state that we're not always available and this, that this, this does not mean that we are less feminine. We are also feminine when we are when we are embodying goddess as the destroyer, the one that finishes, kills things like Kali, or we have in Slavic tradition the goddess Morana, uh, so the dark goddess of winter time, of moon time, of retreat. And sometimes it is also like a difficult process for the woman because she has to learn to say no. And maybe for us women here in Slovenia, this is a big lesson and an important lesson and that we all have to encounter because we were taught maybe even more severely to be like the mothers, the nurturers, the always available, always kind and helpful. And um, so we're even more programmed to be, to not be ourselves, but to be servants of someone. So this is a great lesson for us to learn to say no, to set boundaries. And then our femininity can flower in all its phases and processes. There is a journey of the feminine that has been so powerful everywhere in the world, Anna, my my hermana, my sister. And Mm -hmm. it is true that the very, very first encounter is the changing of perception of the moon time. When the women mm-hmm. are able to embrace this part of themselves, there is a shift of the paradigm. It is a shift of our reality. And yes, I have seen many times that the women enter into this anger. You know, the realization of why I am doing this, what has happened, and uh, the tendency is about getting angry and um, wanting to break absolutely everything that it has been enslaving them. And as mm-hmm. they encounter their, their, their position and center themselves in a different way, I have seen how women begin to understand what happened what has happened for all those many generations and uh, how it has been your process, Anna, with all this? How do you have encountered your own sacredness of the feminine? Hmm. Yes, my my process was um, initiated by pain, I think, um, by menstrual pain. Uh, precisely because I had uh, from the first experience of menstruation from the narc on I had terrible terrible menstrual cramps 
And first, I was uh, taught to use a pill. So to just numb my pain and uh, use the what medicine offers me and just about. So at a certain point, I, I thought that this is not um, the right thing to do, to just take a pill and numb the pain and go away from it. But it has to have a certain message. And so I started to investigate the menstruation and the meaning of menstrual cramps. And I realized that it's just to my acceptance of my femininity, which means my acceptance of also my dark faces of my dark femininity. So what I spoke about before, about not being available, about being myself, about embodying the goddess of destruction and the goddess of death. So, which is practically, which practically in real life means about saying no, about setting boundaries to others, to be able to retreat and to live out of my center and not out of outer programming that society and family has for me. So, um, it was a very strong experience that I think is still happening, this realization of how my womb was trying to tell me that I have to be myself and that I have to uh, put my focus on the inside, on my soul, on, on my on my womb, on my femininity, on my inner voice and to set the boundaries, to protect myself, to protect my voice. And um, later, I um, I became a doula, so a birth, um, I'm accompanying birth uh, and women in pregnancy and during labor and after after birth. And I became fascinated by this power of of natural birth, and I I became fascinated by this wonderful, wonderful bio-spiritual, like I call it, mechanisms of women's bodies and psyches of how they're wonderfully made for these processes. So it is not a curse, it is not some kind of evil mistake, bodily mistake or some punishment that we got from God, but it's a wonderful wonderful mechanism that makes love, life possible and that transforms us completely and I started to uh, see the connection between those bi-spiritual passages, so between menarche and birth and menopause and sexuality that connects them all so that they are not isolated um, processes, isolated events, but they're a continuity of femininity. So the way we experience our first menstruation sets the course of our feminine development. So we get the messages from the community, what it is like to be a woman, 
what it means to be a woman, to have a feminine body, female body. And unconsciously, all of this happens unconsciously. And this this creates a pattern of how we will respond to the next biospiritual passage, which is birth. And many times women in our society that felt shame at first menstruation and the need to hide it and to go away from it and to numb the pain with pills or to uh, numb the whole cycle with contraceptive pills, with the pills, and to, to just act like that. there's nothing going on. Um, like in the commercials for the menstrual pads, we see women that are going out and um, hanging out with their friends. So, like, nothing is happening. We just pretend that we're normal. So we don't, we just ignore our inner needs to retreat, to to not be available, to go inside, to go deeply inside. But we just ignore that. So we learn, and, and then birth is something that we're very, very afraid of. And then, of course, there is this medical system that says, um, yes, birth is dangerous and strange and not normal, and we have to take care of it, otherwise you're in danger. So this inner uh, experience that femininity is uh, shameful and dangerous and a curse is proved by the system that uh, around the birth, the birth. So, and then of course the menopause, the last, um, the last birth spiritual passage is something um, completely like a tragedy, something that has to be treated with hormones and with all different kinds of um, substances and uh, treatments to make it uh, the least um, so visible to the world. To, like, pretend, again, pretend nothing is happening, nothing is going on. So we are that to just pretend that nothing is going on. Each cycle when we're menstruating, we have to pretend that nothing is going on. And when we birth our children, we have to pretend that nothing is going on, that we are just the same women. We have to... Um, be available to society. We have to. We don't have the space to experience deeply this passage, this rite of passage, that deep transformative process. That when we die from maidenhood and are born into motherhood, we don't have the space. And then at menopause, we also have to pretend like nothing is happening and we get these unconscious messages from community that now we're not women anymore, we're not useful to society anymore. So we lost our femininity with menopause, which is so, 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 so far from the truth. Um, so my process, my inner, my, my process of awakening to feminine energy was through pain, actually, through realizing how much I denied my femininity, how much I was afraid of it, how, how much I was taught by my community that it is something that I have to hide and um, 
make it invisible and not disturb social life and other people with my passages. And I had to accept those bitter truths. And I, I, at one point, I just stopped taking pills for pain. And I connected to the pain each cycle. And I was asking it, what are you telling me? What is your message? And so my my process of awakening to feminine began. And it has been mainly a process of abandoning the masculine, patriarchal, mind-based, intellectual reality, dying to this old me that was intellectual because society, community wanted me to be intellectual, to always be available, to be to always be available to discussion, to always be available to competition, to intellectual competition. So I, I started accepting this death and um which our society sees as, you know, you become useless when you abandon this intellectualism. When you retreat to femininity, which is actually a receptive a passive receptive state, a connection between the womb and the heart, and something happening beyond words, uh, just being there in this space, holding space for things, for people, for ideas to birth, to flourish. Um, so this is my process. Not just uh, accepting my biospiritual uh reality of my feminine body, this was my starting point, but through this, through my biology of woman, I am awakening to my womb heart and dying to the mind-based reality that was um, created by patriarchy. Anna, Hmm. uh, have they started any programs for the young girls that are just on the verge of getting their first moon time and becoming a woman? I know you said that they do have shamanic traditions, and especially through Red Tent, but I was just wondering if they created something different for the young girls. So you mean in Slavic tradition? Yes. Okay. Um, yes, there is a wonderful uh, tradition that I am familiar with that happens at um, summer equinox, I think, at, at around 21st of June. Um, at this time, uh, the goddess Kupala is worshipped, which means the goddess of bathing, of water, of immersion in water. And it is a celebration of purification, a holiday of purification. And there are certain interesting traditions surrounding it. And uh, young girls that were just on this uh, passage from maidenhood to womanhood were initiated through rituals and they were uh, like in the 
Native Indian tradition, they were also sent to a kind of vision quest. So they were sent to the forest, for example, without food, and um, they were alone, and they uh, connected to the earth, connected to the to earth, the uh, energies of the earth, the communication of the earth. And when they returned from this vision quest, they uh, told the community whether they felt. So they told the community what the earth told them. This is the literal uh, how they expressed it. So and, and the earth told them what their destiny is to be. So whether they felt that their destiny is to become a mother. So to have physical children, but there was also the possibility to feel that you don't have children. And some girls felt that their mission in life is their purpose is to become healers, to become um, shamanists. So this was also a possibility for girls in that Slavic tradition. So motherhood was not something um, obligatory, so it was optional. If the girl felt that her destiny is to be a mother, she she was, but if she, she had the possibility, so of course we all have the possibility, but it was socially approved possibility to feel not that you, that your purpose does not include children, having physical children. Uh, but you are a healer, um, a witch, like in Celtic tradition. And I think this is a wonderful, um, a wonderful tradition for young girls to uh, to be sent to a vision quest and to actually feel for themselves what their destiny is. Because in modern society, girls don't have this option. They they are given the uh, options from outside. So they're just guided from outside and um, this passage is not socially accepted and especially this vision questing. So uh, this vision questing is not permitted to young girls. They are not supposed to go inside and feel what their destiny is because it is believed that they're not able of knowing it, that they're just a young and experienced. Uh, there is this, um, like they're inferior in a way, so they just have to be guided. And I think it is very, very, very crucial for for us today, for our modern society, uh, that we, before we start to heal birth, before we start to heal before we start to reawaken feminine mysteries, we have to awaken those um, traditions of initiating maidens into womanhood because this is where our inner unconscious impression of what it means to be a woman and when it means to have a purposeful life. And this is where we learn how, how it is. Uh, and um, we have to teach girls to that they that they are worth it, that they have a strong voice that tells them the truth, to start listening yeah. to their inner voice. 
this is very important, yes. And we have traditions Absolutely. in our Slavic history with, from where we can um, take inspiration. So we do have resources. We're not, we don't have to construct them. So this is good. This is supporting us. That's very this true. Is- and you know, I was thinking, Mom, that something you said is just so clicked with me when you said girls don't have to be mothers and their destiny is revealed and, you know, their own medicine and their own uniqueness. They get to know that during that time of initiation into their womanhood. And it just got me thinking how in one way or the other when you grow up in a very patriarchal society, you are told your purpose as a woman is to, you know, marry, have kids is definitely one of the purposes, and especially it's related with a certain age. Mm-hmm. And in all of that, it's it gets, there's this pressure that keeps building up. And mm-hmm. especially if you're going to work and you have friends, and so if you're amidst that and you're living in those kinds of worlds, how can we begin to find our uniqueness, that voice? How can we strengthen that feminine voice within ourselves when we're being bombarded by all these social pressures that are telling us what our purpose is? Mm-hmm. This is a vital, vital question that we have to ask ourselves. And this is what I was speaking about before, about this dark goddess and about embodying the dark death goddess of destruction. So about saying no, and this is the most difficult part. It is for us women. It is very beautiful and empowering to awaken to like the inner feminine, to feminine energy, but when this feminine energy overflows and meets the society, There, that is where the difficult part of the process begins because the society is not used to seeing women in their power and is not used to giving women the space to be themselves and to live their own purpose and to live their life from the inside, from their own source. And this is where women have to learn to be alone. This is essential, I think, for modern women because we all crave connection. We all crave relationships. We feed ourselves emotionally, spiritually, intellectually from relationships. So we need them. We, need, we, we are also, because we, are, we were taught to be inferior and repressed, we are also even more... Um, sensitive to where even we have maybe an abnormal need for other for others other people and we have to learn to be alone and in all traditions um of the world ancient traditions it was essential for a woman for an initiated woman to be separated from society for a certain period of time, to be separated from the masculine energy, so to be uh, retreated into a space of total femininity and to be 
sent to a vision quest like we spoke before. And this is what we modern women have to do for ourselves because we often, often don't get support from society. So we don't, we don't get this offer of vision questing, of retreating and going inside. So we have to do this for ourselves. We have to find a way to retreat and we have to find our, so one of the one most wonderful ways to do it is to connect with other women that are also on this path, that are also trying to find their inner feminine source and supporting each other and circling, so getting together in circles and give each other, giving each other support and space for us to be who we are and for us to start actually to investigate who we are and to come because so often we find out that we don't know ourselves, we don't know what our purpose is because we were so, so repressed. And we internalized this repression and started exerting it on ourselves. So we have to, like, a very practical, simple way during moon time, during menstrual bleeding, you, if you have the possibility, you stay at home. You don't answer emails. This is what I do. Not because I would want to, but because I naturally feel the pull of the new moon. Um... And in the last week of menstrual cycle, I become detached from the world, from time and space restrictions. I don't feel the obligation to be always present, to respond. And this is a week when I'm not responsive on email, on phones, when people, for example, that want to connect with me, just have to wait and I learned to appreciate my need for being alone and not being connected to outer world and because this is a time where I feel my eternity but I'm not restricted by time and space and this is a time where I can actually feel my purpose and it is difficult because people have to learn that you're not always available so it is not always a nice process but you have to learn to set the boundaries and say no and once you do this your life starts to change and starts to realign to your purpose and this is when this is how you create space in your life for the feminine to flower because the feminine needs space and this is something that actually men are called to do because men also have an important role in our feminine awakening because awakened men, sensitive, spiritually awakened men are creating, are supposed to create and they often instinctually feel this protective, protective urge towards women. So they are, they feel that they need to protect us, to create the sacred space for us. So to protect us from the outer um, influences so that we can go deeply inside and find our feminine roots. And if we don't have an awakened man, uh, then we have to do it for ourselves. We have to create this space for ourselves. I agree completely with you. We have vision questions. Every year in the land, I do my vision questions. 
And um, mm-hmm. I think that is such a powerful moment when you are finally encountering your own purpose and what are you doing for real? How do you relate with your own feminine side? And I really think that when women begin to embrace their their menstruation, their moon time, immediately begins to have a big shift in the world. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe um, in many places in the world where the men are so afraid of, of the women power, it is because of that completely ignorance. I have seen many men saying, you know, well, if you're bleeding, it must be in pain. You must be cursed. Mm. Something is wrong with you. You know, like, not really comprehend at all why mm. the women are bleeding. And uh, we need to put it together also inside of us and uh, say to the world with absolutely no shame uh, mm. that that is an honor to have our moon time. And it is an honor to every single rite of passage of the women, including menopause. You know, you're mm-hmm. completing your cycles and you're starting a new cycle as a woman and it is very, very powerful. All mm-hmm. these um, ancient teachings of the feminine, it's so beautiful to observe how we come from the same root, different traditions, um, and yet holding one single root, the ways of the feminine. For all Mm -hmm. the women in the world, they have their moon time. And all the women in the world, through that moon time, as it is their acceptance, the power of psychic is coming into being. The visions are coming into being. The whole understanding Mm -hmm. of the whole um, reality it is changing and it is moving when the women are able to embrace their own moon time. And of course, mm-hmm. the vision quest, it has been so powerful for me. My books come from vision quest for the things that mm-hmm. I listen when I am up and I am in vision quest. Then a whole new understanding about um, the new teachings that need to come forward about the feminine. In our tradition, Mm -hmm. we have in the east the woman side. This one, the one that has their moon time. In the west, we have Nikixli, Lady Death. Life and death resides in the woman. Mm -hmm. She is the life giver and the death giver. She is Mm -hmm. the one that it is the new beginning and she is the end. She is the one that continues in understanding those cycles and all those cycles are connected through love. We as women, you know, it doesn't matter where we are in the world, we can understand that moon time and what happened to us in that patriarchal system for such a long time. And now they're returning to our original tradition of the feminine. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It is always this root connected into the feminine that we hold it in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. My sister Anna, we have still five minutes. Do you want to mm-hmm. 
give a message to the world. If there is women from all traditions, from everywhere in the world listening to us. So, you want to give your message. Thank you, Magdala, for for giving me the opportunity to give a message. Um, Thank you for sharing your experiences. It is a very important work that we all do, and we are just vessels for the transformation that is actually innate in every woman. And what I would say to every woman is that you are a sacred, sacred being, and within yourself you are holding the mysteries of creation and destruction, and this is cosmic, and you're a cosmic being, and you should stop being afraid. You should stop being afraid, and you have to let go of all the beliefs instilled from the outside in you that you should hide and keep quiet because this is no longer this is no longer serving you and it is also no longer true. Now you have the space, you have the possibility. There is no danger anymore for you to open up, to speak out, to state your truth. You are safe now and you can be yourself and you can let your femininity flower flower in yourself and then overflow your being and flow, flow, flow to other people, to to all beings, to the whole world. And your process, your personal process of awakening has to be recorded in some way. You have to share it with other women. You have to give it name. You have to give it words and you have to put it into some form, in whatever form you wish, maybe in a painting, maybe in a book, maybe in uh, talks with women, but it is essential that you share your story of awakening, because women nowadays, we need stories of feminine awakening, real life stories, with real life accounts of how it happens for a woman to stop being afraid, to stop, to let this fear go, to realize that she's safe and that she can be a woman. And we need those stories to encourage other women to awake. And I would encourage with all my heart all the women around the world to to feel that they are protected, to feel that they have the right to their space in themselves and around themselves. They have the right to the sacred space around them where they can let their femininity unfold. Mm-hmm. And I, I will be eternally thankful for every woman that lets this process happen within her and that shares oh. the story with this would be my message. Thank you. Oh, my Anna, you are so beautiful. And my message to the world is see in every woman your sister. Mm-hmm. See in every yes. woman your mother, your grandmother, your daughter. See in mm-hmm. every woman yourself. We all are interconnected. 
And as my sister Anna was saying, this is the time when we understand our own sacredness. And we are mm. able to stand up and say it. Mm. And don't be afraid. Don't don't let the fear stop you to bring him back who you truly are. And I am so happy for you, Anna, connecting with you. I can't wait for you to come and do ceremony with us. And Thank you, Mark. I wish we can do this as soon as possible because this is the time of the gathering. And mm-hmm. I can see myself in Anna. I know that she can see me in her too. And as we weave all these teachings together from many, many tribes, it is the time to support each other. It is the time to hold each other and to bring back that sisterhood because this is our right. For a long mm. time, the patriarchal system creates so much division in the women. This is the time when we just turn around and don't look back and see in every woman your sister, for she is in you. Mm. I love you yes. so much. And Mijita, Sristi, my daughter, I love you, Mijita. Thank you for making this possible for us. Mm. Yes, you. thank you very much. Thank okay, you. Okay, so I do want to thank you all for joining us today. If you have questions related to the show, upcoming topics, or a question you want answered on our show, please email sacredwoman144 at gmail.com. For upcoming ceremonies, seminars, webinars, please check our website, www.sacredwoman.org. If you'd like to donate money to show your support for our nonprofit, please visit our website, www.sacredwoman.org. Connect with us through Facebook. We have a new page, Ancient Wisdom of the Feminine. And if you would like to nominate women that you know and would like to see on our show, please contact me, email me, message me on Facebook. And let's bring together women, shamans, and share this knowledge and grow in it together. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we hope to see you next week. I love you so much. And Anna, thank you, mi hermana, my sister. How do you say thank you in your language? Kvala. Kvala. Thank you, sister. Kvala. Thank you. In my language, it's Latsokomati. Lala, for you. Danyavad. I love you. Bye. I love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.